New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. William Keeping, and he's a mathematical physicist, environmental scientist, and a practitioner of the contemplative path of divine love for over 35 years. And he is the author of Belonging to God, Spirituality, Science, and a Universal Path of Divine Love. Well, Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. It's a joy to be here. It's a joy to have you. I would like to ask you, in your study of the various religions across the world, is there some universal path of the heart that is the same in these religions? Are you finding a way that they converge that might help us to have more peace in the world if we could really understand this? Yes, I think this is crucial, and I think that there has been so much focus on the differences across the religions. And in this book, rather than focusing on kind of the lowest common denominator, um, I try to focus on the highest common unity across the religions. And what I find is there is a universal path of love, a path of the heart that leads to the transformation of the human soul into Uh, oneness with divine consciousness. And this is universal across the traditions. And so I think this is profound common ground that leads to harmony across the religions. And so it needs to be much more emphasized, which is why I wrote this book. Well, I think that sometimes if we go to talks about the different religions, they're going to point out what their belief system is, what their theology is, or their dogma, or their structure, or their practices. But rarely do they talk about the deepest level of what they're really about. That's absolutely right, because these, these religions are all have the purpose of transforming the human being into a living instrument of divine love and divine will. That's their purpose. And um, there has been so much focus on the different theologies and then arguments over that and then a focus also sometimes on the dumbest and dimmest elements of religion. And I'm focusing instead on the best and the brightest because taken together, they reveal this resplendent, glorious path of divine love that really elevates the human being into the highest levels of consciousness. And that is the great and profound gift of these traditions to the human family. So let's say, Will, if we are moving toward that profound wisdom and finding that divine love and resonating with that in whatever practice we're doing, how is this helping us to live in a world that's fraught with so many challenges and so many distractions? Well, you know, it's very important what the world needs more than anything else right now is more love. And so what these practices help us to do is to rekindle and reawaken that love in our own hearts. And then we can enter into this troubled and broken world and bring more love into it and find what aspect of this broken world particularly breaks your heart 
that is a hint to where you are called to bring more love into that particular dimension. Whether it's the environment, whether it's the homeless, whether it's, you know, the domestic violence issues, which has been a focus that my wife and I have focused on, it's the gender reconciliation. But whatever breaks your heart, if you follow your heartbreak, that will allow you to make a contribution in that arena. And bringing that love into those corners where there's suffering is part of the great gift of being human. And when you do that, it also revitalizes your own self as a person, so that the more love you give, the more that you are graced and bathed in love from the divine, and you become a channel for that love to flow through you and into the world. So how do you keep that channel open? Well, that's a critical question, and this is where spiritual practice is all important. So in my own case, you know, I practice a a practice of silent prayer every morning, a silent contemplative prayer uh, every morning and most evenings. And then there's also a practice that I work with, which is the repetition of the divine name. And this can be done at any point, waiting for a bus or standing in line somewhere. Um, And what it does is it reconnects my heart with the energy of the divine. This, that the name of God repeated in the heart actually invokes the presence of that reality into my being and weaves it into my daily experience. And what this does is it helps to stabilize the consciousness and it helps me to maintain this awareness of that larger, profound love in the universe as I move through a broken world. So I'm curious, if I may be so personal as to ask, what is your name for God that you would repeat? I work with a couple of different names. Um, so I work with Christ, and I also work with Krishna. And so, then I have a couple other mantras that I use. So in that way, you're not limiting God to this name, but it's just you're asking for something that invokes this feeling of love. So it's not like you're naming a persona and putting some label on this unnameable source. That's really important because, as Panikar said, Christ is the Christian symbol for the whole of reality. But other religions use different names for that same source. So it's about connecting with that source through the fire and the heart. That's the key and feeling that longing, and that will then manifest as a sense of infusion of energy and love into the heart. And as you cultivate that every day, it it grows more strongly, and it begins to dwell in your heart and infuse your entire being. That's so beautifully said, and I can think of those who then invoke the name, let's say in Jesus' name or Allah, that start to limit this universal reality to this particular iteration. That is a danger, although I think that if you pursue the depths of Jesus or Allah or Krishna, what happens is that it takes you into the infinite plane of divinity where they are all mirroring one another, where Buddha and Jesus and and Allah and Krishna all dwell. So I think the greatest uh, mystics recognize that it leads us to that infinite reality to which these names but merely point. And I think that becomes a lived reality in the heart. Thich Nhat Hanh, for example, says that if you're a true Buddhist, you also become a Christian and vice versa. 
that Did eventually it leads you out of that sectarian into that universal recognition. I'm thinking, didn't Bishop Tutu get in trouble when yes. he said, God is not a Christian? That's exactly right. God is not a Christian. God is too vast to be contained in any one of the religions, but the religions were given as vehicles by which God can be realized. Basically, as I see them, each of the religions is a sacred world unto itself, but it leads us into emergence with the infinite source. And if it's not doing that, it's not actually succeeding in its highest purpose. And this is the problem across religions. This is what Jesus railed against the Pharisees. He said, you do not enter the kingdom of heaven yourselves and you don't let others enter. So we see this problem across all the religions with the orthodoxy getting in the way of the actual transformation that's supposed to take place in the depths of the heart. So finding a sangha or a spiritual community that will invoke this feeling of divine love in the heart, yes. but not written put... in stone. It's a living flame of love that has to be connected to. And then it guides you inwardly. But that connection has to be made with that fire of love in the heart. And the practices are designed to kindle that and then sustain that connection. Do you think we need a guide to help us connect with that energy source? Um, it's very helpful, but not absolutely essential. But if, if you have a guide, it can be extremely helpful because the journey is tricky and it's fraught with many, as we know, many uh, sidetracks and delusions. And also the guides themselves sometimes have led us astray. All spiritual paths carry this inherent danger. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit like trying to climb Mount Everest without a guide. You wouldn't really want to do it. At the same time, you need to be very careful in your choice of who the guide is. So... How can we recognize a truly helpful guide? First of all, the heart, if you ask it honestly, will know. And your heart will lead you to the right guide, provided you really listen to what it's saying and not maybe what you want it to say. Don't right. impose on your heart. That's one thing. And then the other traditional signs, look at the fruits, look at the people around them. Because there's a beautiful saying, true masters create other masters, not followers. This is one of my teacher's sayings. And that's really crucial. Look for how the students, the senior students of that particular guide are carrying on in the world. And are they someone that you would want to end up being like? And look for the standard qualities of humility and lack of self-importance and radiance of how you feel in their presence. In the presence of a true master, you feel just warmed and illuminated from the inside and you just don't want to leave because you feel that there is a transcendent living being that has manifested what you are yearning for. Oh, beautifully said and wonderful advice. Well, Will, I want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. Well, it's a great honor, Justine. Thank you very much. A joy to be here with you. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Will Keeping, and he spells his last name K-E-E-P-I-N, Dr. William Keeping, and he's the author of Belonging to God, Spirituality, Science, and a Universal Path of Divine Love. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, thepathofdivinelove.org. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org.
I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe and invite you, please do, join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.